0: Welcome to A Cowgirl and Her Horse, a weekly podcast aimed at helping you become strong in the saddle. What does it mean to be strong in the saddle? It means showing up for your horse, both physically and mentally, as the strongest and best version of you. It means feeling confident, both in and out of the arena. It means feeling secure in your ability to ride and move with your horse in the most optimal way possible. If you're looking to maximize your experience with your horse, you've come to the right place. I'm your host, Katrina, and now let's get into this week's episode. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of A Cowgirl and Her Horse. I'm your host, Katrina, and welcome to day 12 of the 30 days of the Strong in the Saddle series. If you haven't already, I really encourage you to go back and listen to the previous 11 installments of this series. I think you'll really get some value out of those episodes. That being said, they're not a prerequisite before listening to this episode. They're all kind of standalone episodes, so feel free to pick and choose which ones you want to listen to. And with that, let's get into day 12. So... A couple years ago now, my husband tried the keto diet. I'm sure you've heard about it as it was, and I think kind of is still the rage. Uh, The keto diet involves eating basically no carbohydrates, a very high amount of fat, and a moderate amount of protein. So, what does that look like? It looks like lots of bacon. Lots of butter, fatty cuts of meat, no bread. Yeah, it kind of sounds horrible in my opinion. (laughs) For someone who likes, I don't know, I like peanut butter and jam sandwiches. I like my oatmeal. I like my vegetables, lots of vegetables and fruit. Yeah, sounds terrible. Anyways, my husband gave it an honest try. I don't remember how long he followed it. But he definitely stuck with it long enough to see a fair amount of weight loss. Like, he he definitely did good. But eventually, he couldn't maintain that diet anymore. For one thing, many of his favorite foods include carbohydrates. And his stomach was having a very hard time digesting all of the fatty foods that he was consuming. Not to mention that it made eating out or you know eating at holiday get-togethers extremely difficult he quit the diet eventually and just started adopting an eating style that more was more suited to his lifestyle and his likes and dislikes as far as food goes and you know this is how it goes for many people Many diets require people either to avoid foods that they love or eat foods that they hate. Uh, for example, the keto diet wouldn't allow bread or cereal or rice. And most people, in, they eat those foods and not including them at least once in a while leads to deprivation. Conversely, the keto diet also requires you to eat many high-fat foods that a person like my husband doesn't like. He likes them to a certain extent, but there's only so much bacon and butter you can eat, right? And that leads to resentment. You start resenting your meals, and that, that is a horrible feeling. So... Well, let's look at deprivation for a moment. So let's say that a diet instructs you not to eat cookies. What do you think your mind is going to focus on? Cookies. (laughs) As hard as you try, you are going to think about cookies. Even if you're not a particular fan of cookies, the fact that you aren't allowed to have them now can lead to feelings of deprivation and Food focus on those things that you can't have because they're off limits. That's how the mind works. For most people, they can handle this restriction for a little while. You know, they don't keep cookies in the house and it's all good. But what happens when you, I don't know, go to Subway maybe and they ask you if you want to include a cookie in your meal, or you go to a friend's get-together and there's cookies on a dessert table. What then? What's going to happen? If I had to bet you are going to eat that cookie, you're probably going to eat more than one cookie, especially if your diet also involves caloric restriction, which, again, also leads to deprivation. But even if you're not deprived, diets that are out of the usual norm of what you would typically eat are usually pretty inconvenient. For example, going back to my husband's keto diet, if you're on the road or at a family get-together, it's really hard to stay on plan if your diet is so out of the ordinary for what ordinary people eat. When we go to a family get-together of my husband's, there are things that would fit into a keto protocol, but there are definitely most of the things don't. His family is Ukrainian and that, so they really like their sausage, pierogies, and cabbage rolls. The sausage would work for keto, but pierogies and cabbage rolls would definitely be off-limits. So what is he supposed to do at a family get-together? He could load up on a plate full of sausage, but obviously that doesn't sound terribly appetizing. And how awkward is it going to be when everyone notices that all he's eating is sausage? And if you're on the road, again, diets can be super inconvenient. Convenience stores and restaurants only have so many options. And at restaurants, they're only going to be willing to make so many changes to your order. And it's mentally draining worrying about what you're going to have for your next meal or worried that wherever you're going to be, that they're not going to have something that fits into your diet or what you're supposed to eat. And yeah, it's what I'm getting at is there's a lot of reasons why diets don't work. And why you really need to reconsider what kind of diet you're going to adopt, especially if you have strength goals and are wanting to get strong in the saddle. Another reason why I think diets don't work is because, again, of the resentment they create between dieter and the food that you're required to eat day in and day out. Some diets allow flexibility but maybe only within a narrow range of food. With that sort of diet, you end up eating the same thing every day. I don't care how much you like that food. After a while, and likely not that long, you are going to get sick of that food, and you're going to, again, dread and resent eating it. Some diets may start right off the bat eating something you hate. Again. You might be able to tolerate for a little bit, but sooner or later you're not gonna handle it anymore. And all of that can actually lead to rebellion. You're sick of eating chicken breasts, so you go to the olive garden and you pig out on a massive plate of pasta. You miss having something sweet every night after supper, so you eat half a pie in one sitting. You gotta it's like a pendulum. You swing so far to one side, but eventually everything swings back the other way, and you go way too far to the other side. For some, this results in a massive binge or just going completely off plan, and I'm sure you get the idea, and I'm sure many of you have experienced this phenomenon. So... And what I'm trying to get at here is that diets often don't work because they're too extreme and too out of the norm for us. A better approach is to make small changes that you can tolerate. Looking back at my husband as an example, he gave up keto, but he decided to make other more sustainable changes. Um, an example was his breakfast. He used to take a croissant with an egg and some breakfast sausage and cheese on it for breakfast every morning. He swapped that out and started eating um, an egg some eggs in a high protein whole wheat wrap. Um, he started taking raw veggies in his lunch. Uh, but he still opted to take his usual ham and cheese sandwich because that's what he likes. So it was just, it goes back to balance. It's just those little things. As long as you practice moderation on all levels, you will be in good shape. Like it's, yeah, moderation of the good foods and the bad foods. We can include both. And still achieve our goals. And in fact, I would argue that it's imperative that you do include good and bad. No one is perfect all the time, nor should you be. And feelings of deprivation from not allowing bad foods, again, leads to going off track. Always eating certain foods leads to you being going off track. So if you're really committed to sustainable change and a plan that's really going to be supportive of your goals, it definitely does come down to moderation and just reasonability, really, at the end of the day. I think all of us understand you need to eat your veggies, you need to eat protein, you know, not too much, you know, everything in moderation, like these are simple things that everyone knows, but it's just a matter of really putting it into practice and staying on top of it. That's the biggest thing. So nothing, I'm not promoting anything out of this world here. It's not something that's going to Uh, Earn me millions of dollars because it's this new latest and greatest weight loss plan. I don't believe in that at all. I think that just being realistic and reasonable and um, fitting your eating habits around your lifestyle is the only way that you're going to see sustainable success. And that's definitely the way that you will get strong in the saddle because we do need to remember that getting strong in the saddle is not just about what you do in the gym and everything, you know, fitness wise. A huge, huge piece is what you put in your mouth or don't put in your mouth every day. So definitely keep that in mind. If you guys have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me on Instagram at a cowgirl and her horse. And until next time, remember, it's always a good day to ride.